0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name, of course, is still Palmadotte. I appreciate you being here today. I have Bill Peterson. He is head of sales enablement coming to us from a company called Litmus in New
1: England. Are you, is that right, Bill? Yep. Right in Cambridge, Mass. Right outside Cambridge of... Cambridge, Mass. Man, Nice to meet you. How are things? Uh, great and excited to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: I appreciate the time. Do me a favor. Say hi to everybody. Provide a quick intro and we'll jump into your journey.
1: You got it. Hey, everyone. I'm Bill Peterson, head of sales enablement at Litmus. Um, avid music person uh, so a lot of fun things outside of work uh, me and my daughter both DJ together occasionally so we have some fun there and we also enjoy growing a really large garden and not buying vegetables in the summer.
0: Wow a, a person I was gonna say had to be in the summer four seasons I'm not that far from you four season living that the the, the garden season isn't very long is it?
1: Oh no you gotta take advantage of what you can that's why yeah. really canning well- got invented I think. <laughs> I
0: love it. Well, Bill, thanks so much for being here. You know, as we were talking about before I hit record, your intention matters. It all starts with mindset intention. Most of us in sales and enablement and leadership never even had a vision for that, let alone even a career to sustain. And most of us, big decisions along the way. And I'm looking looking forward to you sharing your story. You ready to go here?
1: I'm ready to rock and roll. All
0: right, let's roll here. So we go back in time, Bill, with this podcast. We're going back to early 90s. Let's go back to uh, UMass Amherst. Mm-hmm. All right. So you graduate with a, a degree in education and philosophy. So you're in enablement. So I can see education enablement there. Okay, I got it. The philosophy part, you can, you can bridge it into sales. But I'm curious about when you go back, call it 30 years ago now, did you have a thought about sales? If not, what do you think you'd be doing you know, once you got out in
1: the world? Yeah, sales was about as far from my mind, let alone corporate America. Um, Yeah, I was hoping to be a and became a social worker. Uh, I worked with developmentally delayed adults and enjoyed that. Probably the saddest day of my life was realizing that wasn't going to feed the family. Uh. And I needed to find a different way to leverage my education background, you know, to be able to help my family. I was lucky enough to still stay connected with the community that we were helping So I could kind of keep that feel good part of it, um, but still then pivot my career into something different. But, you know, I think back, we remember we did an exercise in one of the the classes in education and it was behavioral sciences as a specialty. And we always say, you know, vision where you want to be. And I always pictured I was going to be in this, you know, cabiny kind of house with, you know, gardens growing all around it, and I was going to be like that—the the, the cool social worker kind of guy, right? You know. So, Bill,
0: where do you think that came from? Were your parents educators? Were your parents, um, you know, kind of in that domain at all in terms of you know wanting to serve and help people? And like, where'd that come from? Do you think?
1: I think a lot. My mom, you know, she was the mom, you yeah. know, and the whole neighborhood was there. My grandmother lived on the same street, and my cousins. So we had sort of an ecosystem going in in our neighborhood where, you know, we all were taught to take care of each other. And I think a lot of that came from there. Um, But I I always loved technology. So that's why when sales sort of presented itself, I pivoted into tech sales because my dad uh, worked at MIT and built logic systems for satellites. So I can honestly say, yeah, my dad was a rocket scientist because he built Logic systems for satellites that are actually in rockets that are still in use today.
0: Like literally, he was a rocket scientist. It's not just a not just a, f- a phrase out there that we don't really know. There's actually people that do that, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. It is you know something to live up to too. You know, you know Bill.
0: You know, I'm curious about what you. How, first of all, how long were you a social worker? How long did you give that a go for?
1: Well, six years.
0: Okay, so that that's a long time. And so you're, you're pretty much living your dream because that's your passion. You go to school for that. You're able to convert that into a career for not an insignificant amount of time. And mm-hmm. so you talked about, you know, one of the hardest days of your life was when you realized, okay, this isn't going to sustain me in terms of you know the cost of living and everything else. And so w- was that a long drawn out process? Did you fight it for a while before you finally you handed in your your pink slip sodas or your your resignation or like, or was it just, I got to do this now? Like, what was it like back then?
1: Yeah, it was, it was drawn out. It was a tough decision. You know, I really enjoyed what I got from it. And I was lucky enough to fall into enablement, pure chance. Um, I got a chance to work at a, a rental car company of all places and was promoted to the head of uh, enablement and communication due to performance
0: Interesting. And that
1: gave me a lot of the background. Um, and it gave me a lot of real interesting background because we had to teach people to rent the cars, right? How to use the desk, how to handle customers and things like that. We also had management training where we had very, you know, kind of out of the box at the time, very specific things, Uh, But it was it was a great introduction into that world of, wow, I can actually help people be better at their job, better in their career, make money um, and feel good. And it very much was helping them live the path I just kind of led.
0: So I'm curious about something. So you said to me that sales wasn't really in your focus. Neither was corporate America either. And so when when would you say you actually Jumped into corporate America.
1: Yeah, I would say it did start with with being in the rental car industry. It's okay, huge, you know, and that was the nice part because I got to learn a lot about business there, and I think all the steps I've taken since I wanted to learn something new or gain something from it. You know, this taught me about business. It, it was there was supply chain in it because the cars had to come and go. Yeah, be bought and sold. They were assets to the company. And there was a pattern to how you brought them into service, out of service. So there was that side of the business. There was the upselling, you know, people coming in, sure. getting them in bigger cars, making more money. And I just right from there seeing how fascinating all the different pieces are. You know, I started hearing about terms like supply chain and you know, like what's
0: that? Yeah, exactly.
1: And all these cool yeah. things. And I'm like, This is fascinating, and I really, really wanted to learn more. And so why aren't you there anymore? Um, Opportunity. Uh, Of all things, I got recruited, and as you see, I had 11 years at Oracle on my resume. Um, I had a chance to go to Oracle. I got recruited. Uh, Someone hit me up. They were looking to build their uh, enablement program uh, on the inside. It was more of a training coordinator position. Okay, heading up trainings, making sure all the right things happens and the survey afterwards. But it got me in the door. And gotcha. over the time, it gave me no other way to put it a chance to get my MBA in sales, business, business acumen. I learned so much in those 11 years that it was like going back to school.
0: Did you have to move to California or could you stay in Massachusetts?
1: I stayed here. I did travel a lot. Uh, by the time I left, I was probably gone half the year.
0: Okay. All right. And so you said you were at Oracle for how long?
1: Almost 11 years.
0: Okay. So almost 11 years. I imagine, and you keep me honest here, that it was more than one role in the
1: 11 years? It was all enablement, but different versions as the program grew. I got more experience, more business acumen, uh, more trust from the people around me as well. Okay. So that was a, a huge part
0: of it. You know, Bill, I'm sure there are people listening right now who are in a similar boat, maybe, that you were in at Oracle, where you have a decade at the company, uh, well-established, I presume, you know, different roles and, and, and working for a global organization like Oracle, a bit of a powerhouse in that space with, I imagine, lots of opportunities. There must have been a decent runway for you to stay at Oracle if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just curious about the decision to move on. Was it yours? Was it theirs? And- Uh, again, much like your decision to no longer be a social worker, was that a drawn out difficult choice when that kind of came to fruition?
1: Oh, definitely. You know, for all the reasons you mentioned, it was a great place. I still talk to my whole team to this day. We actually get together every couple of months and now, you know, that we're all COVID distant more. We've been still doing them over zoom. When we get chances, we get together. Right. We're still, uh, got hundreds of reps, VPs, and folks that I met that I still maintain that relationship with. So it it was positive and it was drawn out. I hit the point where I knew I needed to learn something more. I left before Oracle really got into the cloud and they hadn't really hit into that world, but I saw where the world was going and I knew I needed some SaaS experience. So that's what I was trying to look for was to fill that gap for I learned, and I am so thankful for what I learned in those eleven years. That I knew I needed to get some more of the building blocks to to make me more successful and more knowledgeable.
0: You know, Bill, let's talk about that because if if uh, if I'm correct, here, you're a '70s baby like I am, right?
1: Yes, '69. '69, so
0: '69. Okay. okay. So when you left Oracle, that was it, what, what year?
1: It was '14, two thousand.
0: So six, seven years ago now, and you're a 69 baby. So you were you were in your mid 40s, if I have my math quickly on the fly here. Yep. And uh, you're you're a mom, right? It's or you're a dad, you have a daughter. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Dude. so the the decision to move on, I mean, the easier path had to have been let's just stay. I mean, we're with this global giant. We're well-established. And so I, I, I'm fascinated by your choice to move on after that length of time. I mean, it, it must not have been that easy of a choice, quite frankly.
1: No, it wasn't. Yeah. We had those discussions, you know, uh, between me and my wife and and even the kids as well. And But the travel was a lot. That was one yeah. decision. But that need to, to learn, we had... You know, uh, honestly, being a social worker, you don't make that much. We've learned and we know what struggle is, but we've also learned that you got to take some chances, risk. Nothing comes with risk. You know, you have to invest something, whether it's time, whether it's hard work, a combination of all that. But if you don't take risks, you don't take chances. You can't grow.
0: So where'd you land?
1: Into it. Into it. All right. All right. Uh, Was it a good transition for you? It was. It was. Okay. It was funny. I went. Actually, I worked with a couple of people from Oracle, and that's how I ended up there. They were the oh, nice. same idea, looking to build out enablement for for their group, and I had a chance to go. And to me, it was the SaaS gain there that was really, really huge. And it was a much smaller sale, so to be okay. able to look at it and learn much more about you know MQLs and leads coming in and kind of understanding a different perspective and way someone does business. And it's funny because in two, it's big, but to me, I remember coming home and saying to my wife, Oh my God, I just went to the world's smallest startup.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so did you go to Intuit with the mindset of another 10 year run like Oracle? Yeah. You did. Okay. Yeah.
1: Whatever I go into it's all in doesn't mean things can't change, but I think, you know, whatever you're committed to, you know, do it, do it, do it your best and time will take care of it.
0: All right. So you didn't make it 10 years there. And so how long did you stay there?
1: It was almost two years.
0: Almost two years. Okay. Yep. Almost two years. Okay. And again, was it your choice to move on after two years or was it theirs?
1: It was actually the company, the part of Intuit I supported got sold.
0: Oh, is that right? Okay.
1: Yeah. I had a chance to stay. I could have stayed at Intuit in the A bigger part of Intuit uh, had that opportunity to do so. But at the time, I had a chance to move to a company called NetBrain, which does uh, network mapping and handles layer one, layer two. So where the routers, switches, load balancers and all that live. At Oracle, we covered everything above that, right? Especially through acquisition. I was there when Sun got purchased. So we had hardware, you know, you had your layer one, and then we sold all of layer four through seven, right? Two and three physical devices was somewhere I never had an opportunity to learn. Going to NetBrain was going to complete that part of the puzzle.
0: And so, did you make the did you make the trip over? I did. You did, okay. And so, uh, were you packaged off at the end, or did you electively leave once the company um, was acquired and um,
1: Actually, I went. It was time to go. It was. I had that opportunity and I knew any waiting around package wise or whatever, it was more worth the gain. I knew what I gained from learning about SAS and seeing different MQL and that more lead flow, which we didn't have as much at Oracle. Um, to be able to go and get and complete the whole parts of the technology stack to me was more appealing and made me feel more like a complete person understanding mm. how a business works, how technology fits together.
0: Bill, any sense of disappointment at the time that your your run with Intuit didn't really play out the way maybe you thought it would? No. No.
1: Actually I, I'm very thankful for what I got. I'm very thankful for the opportunity that ended up in front of me. So it, it made sense. And you know every place I've been every step of the way, I'm very thankful for what I learned from it and it served its its purpose very well.
0: Okay. Did you did you leave Netbrain with a next job or did you take some time for yourself? What was it like in terms of your transition?
1: Yeah, no, I actually had a chance and again another one of those put the learning pieces together. Um, Netbrain, we were at a certain point where there really wasn't going to be growth for me as far as career wise, role-wise, and things like that. I am still really good friends with the CEO Um, and we, you know, we talked about, about that. He was very big on education. He understood it. Yeah. And I had an opportunity to go a company called global force, which is now work human, which really, I thought I was learning HR, right? I was, because we sold into the HR space and that was going to give me a good view into, yes, it was technology, but we were selling into folks that, you know, we're worried about culture. They're worried about retention and things like that. And now that I was, I got the technology piece and wanted to really learn how do businesses work? How does HR help a company run? And I, I learned an awful lot about that. Plus I learned a lot that helped me in enablement because the company was built on the thank you, right? Being able to give rewards, recognition to people throughout the company and it kind of reminded me a little bit of why I wanted to be a social worker to begin with. And yeah, we can bring and do those things, you know, the the touchy feely, you know, things that we do in social work. We can bring those to life and enablement. Not that I hadn't before, but right. it really brought that spark and an excitement of, yeah, I can bring that hippy dippy UMass side of me back to the table <laughs> and still be in corporate America and help people have amazing careers.
0: And so I know you've been with Litmus now for uh, about a year and a half, give or take plus minus Mm -hmm. a month or two. And so uh, how did you get to Litmus? Did you go there from global force or what what was that like?
1: So I was at a company Everbridge in the middle, and I I was there for almost two years and uh, same thing. It was another one of those. I learned the critical event management space there really well sort of hit a point where I wasn't going to have that future growth. Um, a new leadership team came in and it seemed like a good time to, to look to something different and Litmus had reached out to me and uh, met the head of sales Brian there and I just fell in love with the culture, the attitude. and it gave me same another learning. you know we do email workflow so we help marketing teams test their emails before they get sent so hmm. they can see exactly what they're going to look like on every device. It has taught me so much because it's about that MQL to SQL process. We help companies build their pipelines, build their email programs to gain more customers, get more people in, right. whether it's to go buy something on your website, you know, whether it's to, to MQL to come in and then you know, click on something, do something. And it really helped me now understand even more what's important for us in sales, what's in marketing, how we all fit together, how we can work together. um, Because that's an important part, you've got to build your brand, build your pipeline. Right. And as you know, with with what you do, we got to get people in the door. Sure. And we live in that part of the world. So, Bill,
0: talk to me about the last call it 16 months, you know, year and a half of your life because you joined Litmus at the beginning of 2020. Mm-hmm. The world shuts down two months later, and 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 you're not in a in in a quota bearing role. You're not responsible for driving revenue in terms of a sales plan. You're, you're in you're in a support role. I I don't know that litmus in terms of how they've done over the last year, but I imagine like every other company, there've been some impact on the business. And I imagine there's people that you support. Maybe you haven't even met yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, right. And so, um, how have you managed the last year? Any concern for your job? How's litmus been doing And, and how have you mentally just been okay in the last
1: 12 months or so? Sure. And, uh, I think it's mindful for everyone. It's a great question right? A, we all got to take care of ourselves, you know, and I think, you know, my social worker side tries to remind me that all the time, you gotta, Mm. you know, stay sane in a world of craziness and even being scared, you know, that's, my wife's had a lot of different health problems and, you know, a a lot of concern there for that. Um, But I, I can honestly say Litmus has been an amazing experience. We are doing really well. Companies depend on email right now even more so, right, and they're driving people to apps and, you know, buying online because they can't go to the store, sending people orders and all those kind of things, that's all driven by email. So, you know, we have had actually very impressive year-over-year growth, and we're continuing to do so, so we're very, very lucky there. Um, We did have to pivot a lot of what we do, um, and I know I've talked to you about digital transformation, right, one of the things I've, I have learned at Oracle, to scale that many people, right, you, you have to take advantage of other tools, right, to be able to do more and to have a plan and be able to do it online, all of us being remote. Nice thing, we were a remote first company. So a lot of our folks would go in in a blended week, three days in, two days out or whatever, whatever fit around their family life schedules which, A, I think give, makes people feel better and do a, a much better job as they yeah. go. But we've been very lucky COVID did not hurt us as much as as other people. Sure, we might have taken a haircut, but I think we, we really rose to the occasion.
0: You know, Bill, I appreciate your time here. I've had a lot of fun listening to you. If we go back to your journey, it's been pretty fascinating where you start with this plan where you're going to get into uh, education, philosophy, you end up being a social worker for six years. So you actually convert your, your paper into an actual career. And then you have that, you know, gut wrenching moment where you realize this isn't going to get me the life that I want because it's expensive to wake up every day. You find sales, you then get recruited by Oracle. You spend a decade plus there at a behemoth of a company, multiple different roles. And then you've had uh, some great success in the role since and then you've been navigating the last 18 months of a new career, new company, new value prop and a new way of supporting people because we're having to pivot. And so congrats on all the success. You know, I mean, as uh, I always like to close off the podcast, Bill, with anybody who's on, if I would ask them, if if somebody came to you for a piece of advice or something like what's been your foundation, what's been your go to when you're looking to get through something?
1: Yeah. And I think outside of all the, you know, be kind and the, you know, almost like the Geico commercial, you know, where they make them throw out the, the signs like their parents have, right? Right. I would laugh at that. Uh, there was a gentleman named Rudy Corsi. He um, was the COO of Oracle for North America when I was there. And one of the things he always told me, and he was just such a, a great mentor. And he had been uh, one of the leaders in the steel industry in the past, had a lot of views. And i always remember, he always said, Bill, whatever you can do, do it better. And whenever, once you've done it better, do it faster. And he goes, when you can do it faster, do it better. When you can do it better, do it faster. Love it. You can stay simple and do that. You'll always win.
0: That's pretty cool. And Bill, you've been able to stay in Massachusetts for, for the ride as well. Last question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a sports fan, Sox, Bruins, Patriots, all of the above, or are you across town?
1: Uh, all of the above. Right? But I do love and I do have a dear spot in my heart for the Minnesota Twins and any of the Minnesota teams. Uh, I traveled there a lot with Oracle and I would stay at the hotel literally right there. So I do have a little uh, soft spot in my heart for Minnesota, and really any of the places I traveled a lot, but sure. it will always be Boston first.
0: Must be a Kirby fan, I guess, too. Then
1: oh God, how could you for not? Sure, right? <laughs> now,
0: how can you? How could you not love Kirby? Right?
1: Yeah, and I know uh... you're in Toronto, up in the Toronto area, right?
0: Yeah. So I am I'm glad you didn't mention the Bruins by name. I brought them up. So
1: exactly. <laughs> but I know you like Joueta Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. As a kid, I fell in love with the Blue Jays logo though in like 77, 78, when they first came out. It was so new and fascinating yeah. as a kid. We all, you know, bought that stuff up like no tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I'm optimistic for them this year on paper. They've got a pretty good team. So we'll see if they can convert that into actually on field results. And Bill, thanks so much for being here, man. I appreciate it.
1: Paul, thank you.
0: You're welcome. All right, everybody, let's wrap up this episode. Remember, your intention matters. Why? Because that's the result you'll tend to get. We're out of here. We'll do it again next week. and. Let's go Bruins, Bill. We'll say Bruins for you.
1: Yeah, you can do it. it. You can do it. (laughs) No Mayberry. All right,
0: everybody. Stay safe, everybody. Be well.